Leah Marshall didn't dare stop in the doorway in case she changed her mind. This is it. No going back now. The lobby of the Empire Park was like the set of a Conrad Wishart movie. Soaring frescoes painted on the multi-leveled ceilings, glittering glass chandeliers and highly polished silver. So many mirrors, it must take an army of cleaners to work on those alone. And a wide staircase with a deep blue carpet dotted with silver stars. Leah half expected Daisy Conrad herself to appear at the top of those stairs, swathed in winter white fur and with a handsome, tuxedoed man on each arm. The music drifting from the piano in the corner was soft but not slow, giving the atmosphere a lightly charged feeling, a sense that one must keep moving, talking, circulating, or be left behind. Unlike Fox Bay, the Empire Park was not a residence-only hotel, and the numbers were clearly swelled tonight. Beautifully dressed, loudly chattering guests regularly spilled out of the main ballroom and spread to the three different bars. The party was in full swing. But where was the host? Leah stood straighter and reminded herself that she was dressed appropriately for a huge event like this, but she still felt a little like a cabaret artiste in her figure-hugging green halterneck gown. Her gloves itched, and she peeled them off now that she was in the dense warmth of the hotel, feeling the rings on her wedding finger like lead weights. She forced herself not to look at them. After all, why would she do that? She was used to them. They were nothing new and certainly nothing to twist around her finger as her nerves reached snapping point. She gave her coat to the attendant and moved through the lobby, keeping her head up and with a sense of purpose in her manner that she didn't feel. It wouldn't do to seem aimless, not here, not tonight. She avoided the myriad mirrors with an effort, except to ensure her page boy was perfectly in place after her short walk from the taxi to the front door, and to hastily adjust the silk rose at her shoulder, crushed flat by her coat. Mrs. Scripps. She turned towards the voice, hiding her relief behind a mask of pleased surprise, and pulled Millicent's American accent from her wide repertoire. Mr. Freeman, so good to see you again. The bearded, bespectacled man beamed and gestured her over to his group. I'm so glad you could make it after all, he called out, causing heads to turn. His Cockney accent was more subdued than she'd become used to, but still distinct from most of the other voices she could hear around her. Thank you so much for inviting me, she said, joining the group. I do hope your host won't mind. A man of medium height and bland, forgettable features inclined his head towards her, and she guessed him to be the man in question. Mr. Freeman drew her closer, one hand at her bare back in a too familiar gesture. She would have strong words for him later on. Here, let me introduce you, Freeman said. Leonard, uh, this is the lady I was telling you about, Mrs. Millicent Scripps. I was fortunate enough to receive the point of her umbrella in the small of my back at Mar Edgerton's earlier today. I'm so sorry about that, 
Leah began, but he brushed it away. We'd never have got talking otherwise, would we? Mrs. Scripps, this is Mr. Leonard Neville, well-known philanthropist and the generous host of this magnificent party. He went on to name the others in the group, but Neville was the only one of interest. Leah kept her greeting brief, then stood silent while Mr. Freeman held forth at great length about his latest investment. America is where the clever money is going, he said. RKO, good boy, paramount, you know. Since the depression hit, they're desperate for overseas investors. They'll snatch our hands off. Of course, one woman broke in. With you being American, Mrs. Scripps, you'd know a lot about the movie industry, wouldn't you? Oh. Leah shook her head. I'm not from California. <laughs>